before we went live, but fuck it. That's what this show's all about. Um, all right, you ready to start this? I'm ready this to start fucker. this adventure. Okay, all right. Three, two, one. Welcome to Bad Yards Finest, bringing you the finest of Batman, Superman, and friends in pop culture. I am Josh from Bat Yard Productions, and I'm um, gathered here today with my co-host, as always, whenever we talk about a pop culture event. Yep. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> I'm Mateo. What's going on, everybody? So, Matt... Um, is there anything we would like to discuss before we jump into the podcast itself? Any like tidbits of news? Any anything uh, that's come up in your life that you want to kind of dive into? Um, not at the moment. Right now, um, right, I have no B uh, BSBS with like with the whole so, like DC stuff right now. So I, the only thing I want to bring up is the Snyder Cut release date has been brought to my attention that it's being uh, initially released on uh, March 18th, 2021, which is literally next month. Um, I was at the pre-notion that it was going to be released in September. Um, so, yeah, so they brought it um, – close on a closer date much closer date than september which i was actually kind of banking on it um being released in september um for many many variety of reasons <laughs> i don't really want to go into it right now um but yeah so it's being released next month the 18th on hbo max and i guess it'll be on theaters simultaneously at the same time um i guess Fucking Jared Leto is going to be in it. I don't know if he was part of the original vision that Snyder had. Um, I don't really know much about this, um, uh, other I, than it's being released pretty soon. I just don't feel good about it. it yeah. Is, it's going to be a four-hour movie, right, supposedly? Like three hours? It's supposed to be like a four-hour movie. At first, they're speculating to become like a miniseries, like set up in parts. Yeah. be released that way but they're just kind of shock shotgunning it all at once and it's just going to be one big typhoon of a film it, doesn't, it still doesn't make sense why they are doing that because like it's a hassle just sitting in a movie theater for over three hours to almost three hours worth of watching mm. so why make everyone that's in a movie theater sit there for four hours and watch this whole movie I don't know. <laughs> it's easier if you're at the house, if you're at the house and you watch on HBO Max. Watching it you at all. Just, <laughs> you can watch on HBO Max. You can pause it, come back to it every like day. You can watch an hour. You can make your mini series that way. But like, it just doesn't make any sense for the moviegoers. You're much better off watching this at home. Um, that's yeah. what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be watching on HBO Max, which we both have. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. We can only tell you how we feel about it once it's released. Um, our initial thoughts on the first Justice League. It, mine is it's fine. It's okay. It's not the worst thing I've seen. Superman smiled at least, you know, so that, that made me feel good. But it was freaking um, a weird smile. Yeah, the Grinch smile, but at least he emoted. 
Um, what is it? His uh, mustache removal smile, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One? Yeah, that costs... The one like, that made you cringe? Eight, $8 million probably to remove a mustache. Yeah. But anyway, we're not here to discuss the Snyder Cut right now. No. Um, we are here to discuss... What was the the short? The short is called... Batman Strange Days, right? It's a 75-year, uh, 70, 75th, uh, so 75-year uh, uh, year anniversary short that they made. Yeah, back in 2014. So this is yeah. already um, this is eight years old. old. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so so Batman is now 81 or 82 years old. Um uh, time of this initial recording in 2021. Um, so yeah, you 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 take it away. So discuss the Batman Strange Days, uh, Bruce Tim, Batman 75th an anniversary short. Yeah, so this short's about uh, Hugo Strange ends up kidnapping some damsel in distress and is willing to. I think he was going to do like some science projects too, and. Batman ended up coming in, flying in on a plane, an old World War II fighter jet, and ruining the whole plan, and ends up having to fight Hugo Strange and this creature that is has the damsel in stress captured. Yeah, the, the creature is like reminiscent of um, uh, Solomon Grundy, but it's not Solomon Grundy. No, I think it's, it's not Solomon Grundy. I kept on like debating. It's just like another yeah. like form of Solomon Grundy, but at the same time, it's just like. It's not him. And yeah. If you, go, if, if you look up anything on it, it just says creature. Mm -hmm. and creature has, creature has a freaking cast. Now listing, Bruce Tim plays creature. <laughs> he goes strange. Oh, was he just doing like the monster grunts and stuff? That's kind of cool. Yeah. Then Hugo Strange is actually Brian George who plays the voice. Brian George. I haven't heard Brian, of that voice. Brian actor. George. Yeah, I haven't heard of him. He kind of is. Uh, I kind of remind. He reminds me of some people. He was actually in the Killing Joke, actually. What did he play in that? Hold on, give me a second. Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He played Alfred. Okay. And then what about what about the Killing Joke? I'm going down to see if he's on the. Where is it on the list? Because he has a list of everything here. That's famous days. Killing Joke, why did it not come up as where Killing Joke came out when? I don't know, 2015, something like that. It's 16, so should have not passed it yet. Oh, here it is. He's Alfred again in it. So it looks like he's well known for Alfred mostly. Oh, okay. Oh uh, yeah, I, I don't really remember Alfred and uh, Killing Joke. Killing Joke, to be honest, I don't even think uh, he even showed either. up in the original comic book. Because they there's a lot of BS um, that they added, no pun intended, to the Killing Joke. Um, it was just like a lot of hollow material that they just kind of added the, you know, add padding to the story. Yeah, basically it was just padding. And then um, we got Kevin Conroy as Batman's voice. Yes, which was probably the easiest uh, paycheck for Kevin Conroy because he literally says one line 
Uh, I think he says um, not for now. That's what he says. He no, says for it. now. That's no, all he, he says. I think he has to do some grunts maybe, but that's really yeah. the easiest thing he probably had to do. So basically he saves his damsel in stress um, from a falling cliff where Hugo Strange is holding her at knife point. He gets deterred from Batman. He's backing up away from him. He's pretty scared of this creature of the night. Well, what that he knows what he is. Um, so then he falls off to the in the cliff into the caverns to his death. When Batman saves this, this I don't know this model looking woman um, from clutches labeled as woman. Mm -hmm. She's raw voice actor is Tara Stra uh, Strong. Oh, Tara Strong. Okay, yeah, she does um, Batgirl and. Uh, Harley Quinn for so this, this is another easy paycheck. For Tara her. Strong like, does yeah. a bunch of voices. Tara Strong also does the voice of Timmy Turner. So does she? Uh, she does a lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh God. Um, I I um gotta say the animation. This is very short. You could watch this. It's only like it's less than three minutes. So it's, it's just three a minutes breeze. To say anywhere it just says it's three minutes. It's just a breeze to watch. I mean, the animation is the obviously the best part of it. It's breathtaking. It's it looks very reminiscent of a Batman and animated series. Yes. But it looks like they kind of combined Batman and animated series from like the original series and the. Uh, Reamped uh, New Adventures, and they kind of like blended it together, but like made it more um, of the era of the nineteen to like thirty nine Batman. So it's like obviously, you know, it basically looks like it's pulled out of the comics from nineteen thirty nine with Bruce Timm's animation. That and was it's, like that was the idea supposedly behind it. Mm -hmm. that they wanted to make it like it was in nineteen. They wanted to make it take place in nineteen thirty nine. So that's why they even made it in black and white. Yeah, that, and it all, and it has that and it has that um, title card at the end, the, the and it says the end, like that uh, classic Warner Brothers title yeah. card, like at all at the end of all these old films. Um, I love the animation. To be honest, I kind of wish this was a full fledged series that they just went all the way with like Whoa. simplifying the Batman and just kind of putting him in, um, you know, the era. Of the 30s i think that would be very interesting and we haven't really seen a bunch of other 75th anniversary videos out there there's one that's batman beyond there's a like yeah other one yeah i know there's a bunch of them it looks like it's episode though it's part like i know out of a strip of an episode no it's definitely that's that was a new animation that they made oh no like it looks like it the way it starts off is kind of weird it just well it's still it's still bruce tim you know bruce tim made both um that one was pretty fun you know they're only like they're both only a couple minutes long um this one's probably my favorite out of those two um mm -hmm. just because of the era and the um the atmosphere it kind of builds and i love that old sepia tone grain that it puts on to the the film stock you know it definitely mm -hmm. looks like of the time um there's not much of a story obviously it's just kind of like Batman saves damsel in distress from a monster and a mad scientist Hugo Strange. But that's kind of all Batman was back in the you know in the, like late thirties, early 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 golden age. Um, I kind of I mean the only thing is with the black and white colorization, you don't get to see that Batman's wearing purple gloves. You know, <laughs> um, 
because in the very first issues of Batman, he had purple gloves. Um, and it's just a neat little tidbit, but it's fine. Obviously, I I, I do enjoy the the black and white sepia tone that they they chose, and it's just you know it's just a funny thing to point out. But I would love if they if this was a whole series that they just went full force with Batman of this era. Um, but they they did that. They basically did that with Batman the Animated Series. It was like Batman the Animated Series was set in the 40s and the present day at the same time. But it was more like, felt like it was like, you know, it was like a like a present past when Superman the Animated Series felt like a like a future future present, if that makes any sense. No, it doesn't make sense. It's kind of weird. It's a weird way, but it works. I remember watching, I didn't watch Superman the Animated Series really. Yeah. But we're supposed to do the when we're doing the Batman Superman crossover with the anime series. Oh yeah, and that's not really I really saw the show that much more like way more. So I'm like, this is like the way you're describing it. It's like, yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, we'll have to do another episode of Superman the animated series pretty soon because the only one we did was Monkey Fun officially on the show. Um, the one that we did with the world's finest was lost. I don't want to get into why. Um, but we'll we'll definitely have to do that that um, that whole we'll arc. Do it again again. We'll have to because it's one of the best Batman Superman mediums that ever were released, and I think it's going to be the best storyline we're going to get. Yeah, and if, like if no, was it Zack Snyder went off of that story like story arc for the Batman versus Superman thing? That would have been awesome if he did, but he didn't try to even look at that. I feel like it didn't. Yeah. It would have been a little bit more interesting. He like kind of took story elements from the Dark Knight um, Returns, which mm-hmm. um, no, yeah, Dark Knight Returns. It would have been you know, which is an interesting book, but I wouldn't say I kind of put that story as um, like a like an Elseworlds story more than like actual canon for Batman and Superman. Yeah. You know, kind of like how I put I, I kind of categorize that as like a. Alice Worlds, like I do with Red Sun Superman, like that's a fun storyline, but it's not like main canon Batman and yeah. Superman. But you know, you could take elements from that story and make it work, and you know, I don't think it it does. Um, <laughs> um, I I never seen the full uh, Batman um, versus Superman the extended cut. Um, I uh, fast I, I I I fast forward through the parts I already seen and just watch. The extra scenes. And it just seemed like more of the same boring movie that I already saw, but just more of it. I know Jesse, my my buddy, yeah. Just more of the movie that you don't like. Just more of it. So it's just like prolongs its stay that's already long enough. Uh, my friend uh, Jesse, he's uh, he's a big advocate for the extended cut. He, he always wants me to watch it. And I always kind of sway the other way like let's watch something else um and the only way i would watch it is for the show so uh you know maybe maybe we'll get jesse on the show for the extended yeah, cut and we, how much we hate it meanwhile he defends yeah it. yeah it. it'll be very interesting there's a lot of snyder fans out there obviously because the snyder cuts coming out you know i'm yeah, not a very yeah. big advocate for zach snyder i love his visuals i love his uh uh, DP work. I love his direction with how he films the these movies, but I don't like the story. I think 
I think he should be the DP, not the director and the almighty all seer of this, this franchise. Because it's like no one knows what's going on with it. Wonder Woman kind of seems like it's like loose cannon. It's kind of tied with it. Obviously, they have Gal Gadot or whatever, but it's just kind of um, – well, well, I mean, I'm mostly Wonder Woman 84 because Wonder Woman 84 just kind of seems like it's loosely connected, but not really. You know, it doesn't it, – because they discuss – and um, Justice League, how she hasn't had a presence since World War II, and obviously she saved the whole world in in '84. So that yeah, timeline so, just doesn't connect at all. It doesn't make like the yeah, like you're bringing that up. Actually, that, that <laughs> actually makes like you know Wonder Woman's like movies are not really I'm, like the second movie is not really how you preserve to say like canon wise to the series. Yeah. It's like, it's like universe that you yeah. know. that's just if she was saving the world during this time. Here's a movie. Now right. Like, and the whole arc between Bruce and Diana for Justice League, at least the one we saw, was that she never had a presence. She never basically yeah. inspired hope into the public like Superman did. And that's why Bruce Wayne was such an advocate for getting Clark back because he's like, Oh, we need Superman, blah blah blah. Um, you know, and he had this whole back and forth with Diana at one point. I don't know if that's connected with the Snyder Cut. I don't know what the fuck's canon anymore. I don't think I don't think DC knows. So, um, <laughs> you know, how how is an average going movie audience going to know what's connected? It's just it's just such a haphazard clusterfuck. You know, doesn't matter because they just want us to go see a movie. They get the paycheck. They say we did it. Basically, how it feels. Yeah, and, and that's it. Unless you have um, a fan actually writing and filming the movie, you're not going to get it. Supposedly, the woman, the, the director for the Wonder Woman movies, supposedly she was Patty a super Jenkins. Fan. What? Patty Jenkins. Yeah. Supposedly she's a super fan. Plus, she hired on the first movie. She hired a bunch of like, like uh, stage workers that actually were fans of Wonder Woman, so they would give her feedback. Throughout the movie, too, supposedly. Yeah. So it I don't seemed, know what happened with that one. Well, it seemed like with the second one, I know, well, I know we talked about Wonder Woman 84 in a previous podcast, but there's so much to, to dissect with this movie that we could just keep going back to this and we'll have something new to talk about it. But sure. the, thing I, the thing I want to say is uh, with Wonder Woman 84, Patty Jenkins co wrote it and she didn't write the first script. So I yeah. think that was a big, um, you know, big reason why that it was just kind of haphazard and didn't make any sense. Um, and plus, since she directed the first one, I think it was kind of like a George Lucas effect where she was surrounded by a bunch of yes men for a sequel because she's like, oh, she can handle the first movie. Let's just give her free reign. And then you see what happens when she gets free reign. It's just nonsense. <laughs> um, so I think that's why. I want to jump back to the like the short. There was one thing I did like about that short was when he comes in and he like comes in after defeating the creature and he walks up to no, Hugo Strange on the cliff and he's just silhouette. His eyes. Oh yeah, with the, with the fog. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I love that. That was like classic Batman. Yeah, I love the atmosphere of it. Wait, what? I love the atmosphere of the whole the whole thing. But, what were you saying? Then the ending part kind of threw me off. Him letting Hugo die. It well, felt, yeah, it felt a little like 
I feel like Batman would have tried in the like in the animated series. He would try to save Hugo a little yeah, bit. That's the beauty of it. Batman in the thirties fucking killed people. He didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Batman in the thirties, he would take um his bat plane, you know, the plane that you saw in the um in the movie. Hi hi cat. I know. <laughs> um I do. Uh, that plane, she, he's like um, interrogating one of uh, like the I don't know some crime lord or some goon. Uh, Strumps. It was just some ra random street thug, and he's trying to interrogate them by having like a noose around their neck and hanging them from the bat plane, and like basically saying like, if you don't tell me the information I want to know, I'm gonna kill you, and you're you by with this noose. And he's and then he gets the information from he tells Batman the information and he fucking kills him anyway. So that, that that's Batman of the thirties. So what making him oh, die like that? That was totally what he would do at that time period. Oh, I'm so used to like I didn't <laughs> the Batman past Adam West. So like really at that time, Batman wasn't killing until like later on they started doing. I think in the was it. Batman Returns, he does like a little bit more brutal shit than usual. Yeah, Batman Returns and Batman '89, he does kill people. Um, but it was kind of like it was kind of like secondhand killing. It wasn't like I don't know, first degree. Accidental falls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like uh, he would like let someone fall off, basically like he did with Hugo Strange. So it was kind of the same kind of kind of point at that. <laughs> But yeah, no, I do want to dive into the original Batman comic books from the the 1930s, early 1940s with. Uh, well, they Bob. probably have they probably have something like what you have for the Superman like comics. Yeah, I do have the original Superman uh, comics. Um, well, it was like all all on the collection. I don't have the actual original Superman yeah. comic books, or I would be a millionaire right now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but it, yeah, it's like a collection like that. So I've been reading those. Those have been a lot of fun. It's uh, showing um, a much more harder, harder side to Superman than I'm used to. But it's fun, you know. It's a fun, it's a fun time um, because Superman is just, you know, he'll use his brute strength just to scare the shit out of people. You didn't care, you know, like how Batman interrogated people. Like you, like you know hold him uh, over, like, an edge of a building. Superman will, like, fucking, like, fly up with people and, like, <laughs> he's going to do, like, to, like, drop him off of the end of the world or something. And he's, like, you know, it was just that to, like, the nth degree. And I, that's what oh, I really enjoyed. Yeah. So but it was, it was, it was before sure you shit yourself and get information yeah. from you. It was before <laughs> Superman could fly. So he's just, like, basically leaping around with <laughs> Characters, yeah. So just imagine um, a frog just picking you up and just you yeah. a few in the space. Well, yeah, that was a uh, with the original Superman comic books. Superman was just kind of like an elevated human, you know, like he was a he was. A, that's why he was Superman because he could do everything a person could do, but just better. You know, that's why he could yeah. just jump. He could run fast. He was stronger. You know, his skin was impenetrable, but he was. Flawless, moist, over yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like Superman was a godlike, you know. But that's what uh, what gets lost, I think, for me and a lot of people who enjoy the character of Superman. Once they become make him like a god figure, 
that's where it kind of you know it gets lost in the sauce. I think that gets too much. The more, more, the more simplified the character is, the more interesting the character. That's, that's why I think I don't like Superman as much as you do, is because I was just thrown around with like Superman this, Superman that. He can do whatever he can, like all that crap, and like does whatever. Seen the original shit until more recently. Yeah. And it's so much interesting and easier, and like you can see that he has struggles and has issues, and he has to deal with it more than what we grew up. He's just like, I'm Superman. I am bulletproof. I can do. Yeah. That. I can pick you up. I brought you to space. Well, I think <laughs> I think to understand Superman, you gotta see him through the course of all decades to really understand the character. Because I could see if people like just saw you know Superman of today, like New Fifty Two to like Henry Cavill, it's just this arrogant guy who's not really charismatic, you know, and he's just kind of like, oh, I'm super, I can do whatever. You know, and that kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth where you go, all right, well, fuck this guy. That's that's kind of how I feel about when I watch, you know, Man of Steel and that kind of stuff. Um, well, he, you know, I don't like how he, he needs a little, be a little more lighthearted, you know. Superman is inherently silly, and they have to embrace that, you know. Like how they did with the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans, you know, like it's full on camp. Or even with um, perfect prime example, um, Superman, the movie, you know, the 1978 movie that's like a classic. <laughs> um, that's that's how you handle Superman, you know. You got to have fun with the character. It can't be this wholehearted, serious, like alien invasion thing. That's when it gets lost and it, it doesn't stay true to what the character is. It's just like this whole bombastic thing and you're like, okay, this is too complicated. It's too complex for this simple story. Why, why, why complicate something that's so purely simple and, you know, just perfect how it is, you know, because people want to make it theirs and their own original thoughts of it. What they, yeah, think they make it worse to be, you know, I kind of want them to like, like they did with this, uh, Batman. Um, sure. Even though it's only three minutes long, I want them to kind of pull back a little bit on Superman. They've been kind of like pushing him off the edge. I want them to kind of get the reins a little bit, pull back. And I, I would like to see Superman set in the 1930s, early 1940s, um, basically have the power skills that he had back then and have it being a time period piece where Superman's trying to figure out the world while the Great Depression's going on and while World War II is on the break of uh, – you know, global on a global scale. So I, I think that would be a very interesting movie if they just made it a period piece and just kind of simplified it and just made it the essence of the character, you know, like just pure and simple. I would be very interested in that movie. I don't know about a lot of people. I think, like I said, the more simple you do and putting placing Superman in more simple time than today um, would kind of, I don't know. I think it would rejuvenate a lot of people's interest in that character. Would this be like an animated movie, or would you want a live? No. Well, I wouldn't mind like a animated, sh like short or movie. But if I would want, I would rather see a live action film. Because like, like if that. we go off a of live action, let's say they make this, start making this now. They start taking this idea. It's already in production. No one use like they you didn't know about it. They were just doing the idea already. Yeah. Confusion would be like if it dropped next year on HBO Max, and like everyone's gonna be like, This Superman movie is based in World War II. What's this? Yeah. 
What? Well, I, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't something? even. I wouldn't even want it to be the set during World War II. I want it to be set ba literally right when the comic book came out. So that would be 1938. So that's literally a couple like, couple years before the war is even happening. But it's like the the world is like rotating and like becoming influenced by the war. Are starting to happen, but it's not in full effect. The gears are yeah. just starting to turn, you know. Like all the things and are falling in place, and the war is about to break. Yes, yeah. And, if, and we need to see Superman like helping out like more common folk and like smaller problems than this big catastrophic things. We need to see Superman helping someone with their car who broke uh, that broke down on the side of the road or like even in Superman, the movie, yeah, he had a little broken. And it's go to auto zone quick. One second, be back in a jiffy. That's why I think the Superman movie is like almost perfect in how they portray him. I mean, like they make Superman fucking ultimately powerful and strong in that movie. Like he, that was probably one of the strongest interpretations of Superman ever. Cause he could change the, the stream of time, you know, <laughs> in that film. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it would show Superman, um, you know, he would be helping out with smaller problems. Like even after he was facing off all these goons who are being chased by the police, um, he would take, save cats out of trees and return them to the, the owners, like the little girl, you know, like just like smaller problems. And, uh, and the lesson that, the contrast with that, okay, so the contrast with Superman in the movie and versus Man of Steel. Perfect example, death of Jonathan Kent, right? Mm -hmm. Man of Steel, Jonathan Kent runs out towards a tornado to save a dog where Clark Kent could have easily gotten the dog without anyone noticing or showing that he had superpowers. But he, he sacrificed himself blatantly basically for no reason just to, you know he just killed himself superman the movie jonathan kent has a heart attack and it teaches clark that he with all this immense powers he can't save everyone because people yeah. people outlive their life people are you know we're disposable there's some, there's some things I wouldn't say disposable i'm just saying there's some things that even superman can't effectively he can't save everyone, you know, and that's a lesson that Clark learns. What does he learn in Man of Steel? Nothing. <laughs> he doesn't learn anything. What does he learn from that? The thing is that I liked about the original movies, the original, yeah, the original movies, like the four movies, they didn't find an actor that looked like he was like a muscle builder or anything. Yeah. Said, you look like a good actor. You can fit the role. You were kind of built. Let's throw you yeah, David Prowse, who uh, was the, you know, the guy in the costume for Darth Vader, he was actually the trainer for Christopher Reeve to bulk up. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. So he he trained uh, Christopher Reeve to bulk up for the role of Superman. And once you actually see Chris Reeve like working out, I seen like some pictures and stuff of his exercise routine. He's actually bigger than that. Like I initially, you know, kind of thought. Um, but he had like the body of a swimmer. You know, he looked like an athletic swimmer, which is, I think, is the perfect body built for Superman because, like, he's, you know, if you're going to be like, he's basically like swimming through the air. You know, he has an aerodynamic body. So I think that's a perfect built for 
that type of character. You know, like he doesn't need to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, he's freaking Superman. He's just that. <laughs> oh my god, Arnold as like early Arnold, like still doing that would have been terrible. Well, they almost That's got um. Scary. <laughs> They almost, I would, I could see Arnold as like a villain or something. That would be pretty. Well, he fun. was a villain at one point. But. Well, no, yeah, not Arnold. I mean, if he was like a Superman villain, I don't know what villain he could have been. Yeah, maybe nah. Well, Terrence, Terrence Stamp was a great Zod. I don't know what Arnold could have been. Like maybe like a, I don't know, like Dark Side Son. I forget his name. Something like that. Some some. Like, I still take him serious in that. Yeah, movie. Oh, I can't. It's just how. It's it's his voice. I can't take it serious. As much as I love him in all of his movies, it's just like he just it just it just his accent just doesn't portray him seriously sometimes for me. No, well, obviously he's Arnold. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the whole thing of it. that's the whole charm of him. But uh, I you know I I I would much appreciate if they kind of took a step back with Superman, which which is my whole point. It's just kind of. Dial back a little bit, simplify it, kind of, you know, we're like this close to Superman right now. We need to be like, we need to like freaking zoom out a little bit and get the full scale of see what this character is actually about. Like when we're this close, we can't see anything. We're just like, oh my God, what the fuck? You know, we need to zoom out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know if you have any final thoughts about no, Batman. No final thoughts. <laughs> Jump into our main course of yeah, I know, I know, I know. We kind of went on a whole tangent there, but um, that's definitely that's that's totally a Superman movie. I want I <laughs> I want to see. I want to see Superman at its purest form. And I think that would be. I think uh, making it a period piece set in a simpler time would definitely be um, optimal for that. Um, so Matt, do you want to introduce this movie or, or am I introducing this? This movie? is your pick. This is your thing. You take ahead and like take the reins on this. Okay. So, uh, is it Batman and Bill or Bill and Batman? It is Batman and Bill. Batman and Bill. Okay. 2007. Uh, 2017. So Batman and Batman and Bill is um, a documentary that premiered on Hulu uh, May 6, 2017. So it's already over four, three, four years old um, at this point. Um, it explores how the creation of Batman, who at that point was known to be solely created by Bob Kane, um, actually the discovery of how there was a co-creator Bill Finger, who never got credit for uh, creating Batman and the mythos that came with the Batman character. Um, so Batman, um, Bob Kane, got sole full credit when he died in 1998. He basically took that um, the, the story that he created Batman by himself to the grave without telling anyone, while his friend... Bill Finger, co-creator of Batman, died penniless and um, with eviction notices on his freaking apartment. Penniless, uh, died alone with with nothing and no no oh, recognition. Yeah, yeah, he, a, he still had a family when this was happening. He ended up having a son, and they had to raise him with no money. So that's kind of fucked up in the midst. So yeah, so. He knew Bill Bob Kane knew that Bill Finger wasn't getting any credit. Basically, getting 
getting no money for it. And Bob Kane wanted to be this attention seeker, to be a famous person, uh, just to be known for creating Batman. And he thought the best way to do that was just be sole creator of Batman. And he went so many years without telling anyone about Bill Finger that, you know, it was almost a de detriment if to his ego if he explored the circumstance that he actually didn't solely create Batman, um, but he did it with his co-creator Bill Finger back in 39 when Batman was first released. So him and Bill Finger uh, co-inspired to create the uh, creation of Batman. Uh, Bob Kane would bring the idea to DC Comics, and he just told DC, uh, I made this. <laughs> and he would keep going to Bob um, Bill Finger for the ideas, like to write, write out the stories, because he had literally well, nothing. Well, supposedly that documentary stated that Bob would try to, like, made a deal with Bill. He's like, I'm going to be the one that's actually labeled as the owner of it. Do that. I made the, like, contact with the, the DC at the time. And I would give you half of the profit that I'll make from them to you. And whatever that agreement fell happened. It was weird. He like did like a weird like side agreement with Bill. It didn't yeah. look right. But at the time it been a red uh, flag for him. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. But he was like a young kid at that point, he probably just cared about getting paid. But yeah. until nineteen sixty five which was the first comic book convention to be held ever was held in New York City. Um, Michael Uslan, I think I'm pronouncing that name wrong, but um, Michael Uslan, he's known as the executive producer for basically every Batman movie that ever came out. Um, he was at the convention and he was um, approached by one of the people, the head, like the people producing mm -hmm. the whole comic book convention. Saying, "Oh, do you want to meet the creator of Batman?" So that him and his friends are expecting to meet um, Bob Kane. You know, that's the only name that came up on all the comic books and all this. Instead, he met Bill Finger. Um, so that was the first introduction, first public appearance of Bill Finger discussing, talking about um, that he was the co-creator of uh, Batman. And then after that, the news and word came out. That oh, Bill Finger made Batman with Bob Kane, and then after that fact, it trickled down to Bob, who basically discredit everything that Bill Finger did in the newspaper. So that would have been the time to shine light on the contributions that the Bill Finger had created for the Batman mythos. Which, if you're wondering what Bill <laughs> Bill Finger created for Batman. He created the costume, he created Cal, he created the backstory of how Bruce Wayne's parents were murdered in front of him. That's why he wanted to get a vengeance against the crime of uh, the underworld of Gotham City. He uh, co-created Joker, he created Robin, he created the Batcave, he created uh, Bat, uh, Batmobile. Basically, every... Um, Any early essence, villain that happened in that series, he created. Basically. All the essence of Batman, Scarecrow, Penguin, all the, and all the, all the backbones. Every every building block of Batman, he built. You know, all the the all, the whole structure of everything, basically. Yeah, and if you go back to what's it called, uh, Bob 
Kang's uh, freaking uh, de early design. It yeah, it looks looked terrible. Like the person that should be fighting in the night in this kind of costume that he had. He okay, we get it. Daredevil did it this style too, but it's weird. But Josh is trying to pull it up right now. He just put it up. It's yeah, a red suit, <laughs> a yellow mask top, and didn't he have like a weird like Robin style mask? He has blonde hair. He has um, oh, that's blonde hair. Domino, oh, yeah, mask, which is yeah the same setup that Robin had for a mask. He had like Da Vinci esque wings, which were just like solid wings that were attached to his back. It wasn't a flowing cape, um, which would be practical. Yeah, it's basically a Birdman. So once you look at the design of the costume, it just doesn't look anything like a bat. It's a red man with black undies and. Bat wings, which wouldn't be he's scary to, at all. He's supposed to be. It's more like a like a demon or like a devilish kind of character, if you look at it in a way. But at the same time, it doesn't flow right to see this come it's, through anything, and those wings will fuck up everything. How would he go through a window with those wings? I don't know. <laughs> Imagine like if he come in and his wings out. like broke off, and then he came in, <laughs> he had no wings on. He has, to, he has to hit a button, they fall off, and he enters the door like, what's up? <laughs> so I found – I also found – if you could still see my screen, um, I also found I also found um, this comic book strip that – I'm not sure who the creator is. Um, if We'll <laughs> shout him out. If we had created Batman without if, if, Bill Finger. <laughs> yeah, Bob Kane uh, created Batman without Bill Finger. So basically it's with the Batman and the red unitards. What do I do? Oh. That looks like a bad guy. Time to get into the action. And he kicks the bad guy. Ow. Say, that was easy. And then the bad guy says, Grr, time to go to jail. And then the the fake, the Bob Kane Batman says, I, I caught the crook. Uh, what's what's with the wings, Pally? I left the, <laughs> I lifted them off, off a sketch by Leonardo da Vinci. Beyond that, I don't know. Hey, can you help me? There, is there some sort of... A commissioner of police I could talk to? Not in this comic. Are there any <laughs> other imaginary, imagine, imaginative and colorful vision villains that need to be capturing? Uh, nope. Well, then I guess I'll go home. I wish I had a car. Next of all Bob Kane's other ideas. So oh my gosh. That's, that's the whole thing. <laughs> and I, I think that's basically the whole thing in a nutshell. What, um, the whole what Kane contributed to Batman, which that was, is like that was nothing. That's 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 you know I I couldn't put put it better than myself than that comic book strip. So Matt, what did okay? So I knew this information going back. Um, the uh, the basically the the protagonist of this documentary, his name is Mark Tyler Nobleman. Who's been pursuing this project since at least before, before 2007? So what, once he was discussing MySpace, that's how old this is. Yeah. <laughs> it's older than that. So it's over, it's before 2007 when he just started this journey. He created a. He was like a. He was a, a story novelist. He created a, a picture book uh, called "The Creators of Superman: uh, Boys of Steel," which I actually do own. I don't have it with me. Um, it was funny when I was watching the um, the documentary and I saw that book. I was like, "Oh, I have that!" You know, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's that's the guy." 
Um, I I first heard about this story when I was listening to Fat Man on Batman with Kevin Smith's podcast. He was interviewing Mark Tyler, um, and he was at that point in time. Um, Bill Finger didn't get the recognition that he deserved. He was still actively trying to um, put it in the limelight. Um, so, like, pub, uh, people from the public would understand the story and the struggles that he's going through. Um, that's how I first heard about it. Um, so, Matt, what are your thoughts on this documentary, and how did you hear about Bill Finger? Well, hearing about Bill Finger was from you, actually. Like, a couple weeks back, we're discussing things. Let's discuss the next podcast. All right. Hey, you should check out this one this video I watched. It's a documentary about how Batman was made with this guy named Bill Finger. It's called Batman and Bill. And I said, I laugh because you have an Uncle Bill. And we were joking about that. Yeah. We end up talking. He's like, he's like, not my uncle, but whatever. But we end up uh, end up watching it, and like, it's a little, It was really strange, like seeing how how like secretive that Bob Kane was trying to keep Bill out of the picture. Like, how do you do that to like it in the and like the, the documentary describes like Bill Finger as like an actual like close friend. They yeah. like, actually like their friends before like he asked for help. They're like, how do you do that to somebody they've been friends with for so long and just like go like a few years and like, like your whole life without giving that friend lime life of what he created? Any with. any recognition whatsoever. Yeah. You know? it's, it's insane. Like it's, just, like it's just horrible. Like the drag, the drag a friend down to the floor level and watch him rot. While you're skyrocketing further and further off of something you both made. Yeah, while he's probably making hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, um, off the creation of Batman. While Bill Finger's getting no money whatsoever, no recognition whatsoever, is basically struggling to survive. Having eviction notices going through um, place on his uh, apartment mm -hmm. door um, and to die alone. It's it's yeah. a heartbreaking it's story. to take care of his family and everyone else that he had in his life. It's yeah, it's a very upset. It's very upsetting. But like this documentary made me appreciate what Mark Tyler was yeah. trying to pursue, and it, it actually, uh, you know, it, it made me root for him and his cause, and for him to go through all this trouble just to figure out, you know, did Bob. Um, did Bill Finger have any um, heirs? Did he have anyone? He, he, he had a he son. through so much. <laughs> Shit. This is before, like, Ancestor.com came out or any of that. This man was digging for, like, everything. He was going through all kinds of shit to figure out. He said he was bringing out old, like, telephone books from, like, that time when he was alive. And all that stuff, trying to figure out where he lived. Actual people like that was related to him or his wife at the time as he would dwindle down to see where the next heir is. It was like, oh, this man is crazy with his detective skills on this. Yeah, he went full force, Batman. Um, he was determined for Bill to get these rights, even though he's passed away now. It he still was like it's a little like now his family is getting. The recognition and the like the well no, like being noticed now for it like yeah it would have been nice to actually like if bill did live until like if the documentary happened earlier and bill lived 
little bit longer of the like in time for time. Yeah, it'd be amazing to see like a video or photo of him actually getting the acceptance of. Yeah, it would be exactly. amazing to see it. it that would be really cool if he actually saw his name on screen, like as co-creator of Batman. The closest thing that he got to that was when he was um, a, a writer on the 66 Batman mm -hmm. where he got um, top billing for writer of that one episode. And the episode was The Clock King's Crazy Crimes, um, which was co-written co by uh, Bill Finger. And I think, I think it was a two-part episode. The next episode is Clock King Gets uh, Crowned. Um, We'll have to watch that. I'm very curious. I, I was thinking this now that you said that, like, with what we just watched, I think we should pay him a little more respect by watching these videos. That he yeah, I, I, I completely agree. After I like, I wrote those down because I was like, oh, we gotta, we gotta watch those. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta see Bill Fingers actually, actual writing into practice on film and on screen. You know, I, I think it would be immensely, you know, a disservice not to see what he came up with for the original Batman 66 series. Um, yeah. And his, uh, Bill Finger had a son, uh, named Fred Finger. Uh, while Mark Tyler was going through this research, he found out that his son was gay. So he thought that was the dead end. You know, that's, uh, that's all there. There's nothing he can do about it yeah. to get the recognition. But then he found out that Fred had a daughter named Athena Finger. And how he found her was on MySpace, and there's um, no pictures of her, but there's a picture of her dog, and her dog's name was Bruce Wayne. And then that's when he realized, he came to the epiphany, that this is oh. the granddaughter of Bill Finger. Don't forget, like, he went through, like, the wives. The, the Bill he went through a lot more people before that. Like, her cousin, like, her sister's kids, and he called up their, like, their – Call them up and they're like super surprised this guy's calling for their uncle bill and they're like no one asks about him no one knows anything about bill bill is basically to them they know everything about bill but like everything around them is just like nothing they can't no one cared so they were actually super shocked and they gave him the the information to find her but yeah like that's her name this is her name, and like we don't know where she is in general, this but is, yeah, this is how she got who she got married to. Yeah, and then he found her on on MySpace with uh, Bruce Wayne, her dog. <laughs> um, and then she he pers pursued her, met her. Um, I think she was in Florida or somewhere. Pursued her, basically saying, "This is your family right that um, you guys get recognition, that your family gets recognition for." your grandfather that he was a creator of Batman and it was just like such a dark cloud hanging over this family that you know they didn't want to bring up the heartbreak of you know this burden again it, you know they just kind of pass it off like all right well it never happen it's a multi-billion dollar company Warner Brothers owns the rights to Batman let's just let it go um until Mark Tyler came into the picture and basically kept nagging at uh, Athena saying, this is your family, right? You have to do something. And then they went through this whole legal battle until Bill finally got the recognition that he deserves. And he got credit, uh, first screen credit of Crow creating a Batman in uh, Batman versus Superman, which is the best part of that whole movie. 
is just seeing Bill Finger's credit um, right before the movie yeah, starts. Getting the credit in 2015. Yeah, which just when Batman vs Superman yeah. came out. So when you see that credit of Bill Finger, uh, Batman co-created by Bob Kang with Bill Finger, that's when you turn the movie off because you already seen the best part of the movie. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. So you know? mean. I remember when I first watched this documentary, I was like, oh, crap. That's the first thing that he gets his name on was that movie. Yeah, you know? but, I mean, yeah, it's fine. But <laughs> Make There's going to be future Batman projects that are going to be better than that. Well, so. technically, what's it called? The the granddaughter like, said, like, that they had, like, some kind of rights in D.C. Like, they kind of had, like, some credit thing to it. Like, they're getting, they got paid for it. But, like... DC one takes like some of the like some of it away from her, like it was for like a yeah. it was a Dark Knight stuff. It was um basically they wanted her to sign this contract, basically not to pursue this again, mm -hmm. close the case, and her grandfather she would get a sum of money, but her grandfather wouldn't get the recognition, so yeah. she declined that offer. And good thing she did because Bill Finger would have never got the recognition that he deserves okay. and you know that would have been such a shame you know and i think um you know I'm, I'm, i think if she did do that she would have it in the back of her mind throughout her whole life like what i why did i do this but luckily she didn't do that so we don't have to speculate on that um but yeah so though i thought the saddest part of the whole movie the thought, the thing that kind of got me, it, like I got a little teary. I wasn't like bawling, but I got a little tear in my eye. Was when, uh, so they, they, when uh, Bill Finger died, they thought he was just an under uh, unmarked grave. No one took, no one took him. But at the end of the film, they later realized that Fred Finger, his son, took, um, you know, got his body cremated, put him. Um, on one of the beaches, I think it was somewhere in California. I'm, I could be mistaken. Some beach somewhere um, wrote, basically drew out a Batman symbol, put his ashes in the Batman symbol, and let the ocean wash his ashes away. And I was like, wow, that was that was a really powerful moment. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was kind of like disgusted how like everyone like just said, oh, he got put in the mark. Grave section of this whole area. I'm like, really? He had a name. He had a family. So why wouldn't he get a proper burial area somewhere? Mm -hmm. But at the same, then at the end, like I was kind of like disgusted how that was. But like, then they told a story about how Fred took him to the beach and everything. I was like, that's a better, better ending that I was hoping for. Yeah. This whole thing. Yeah. I was like hoping. I was like in my head, I'm like they wouldn't even say he's still in the Martin grave area. Because they never were clear mm -hmm. what happened. That's to what I life. thought, and they, I thought they, I thought they would never find his grave. It would be like just lost forever for yeah. all mankind, and uh, and you know, it's it ended on a much more somber, happier note. And um, yeah, I got a little. That's when I got a little emotional. I was like, oh man, that was really cool. I thought that was a really neat moment. Um, yeah, um, the contributions that Bill Finger brought to this character um, can't be more stated. You know, um, 
I think uh, I think more people need to know about Bill Finger. I think even today, people don't know Bill Finger. I think people know the name well, Bob Kane, you know, but they don't really. Basically, so yeah. Bill Finger is now fairly new. It's six years now that his his name's now in like projected everywhere, other than this mm -hmm. here and there snippets. Yeah, but, like no. So now it's yeah, so more of a household name than later on, like before it was. It wasn't. Yeah, it'll, it'll take a few years. I mean, it's already been a few years, but I think it'll take a few decades for people to really get to really know what it was about. Um, I did really enjoy the animations that they put into this film. Like it was like basically like comic yeah, panels, nice. and they would progress uh, Bill Finger's life and. Uh, show the progression of the whole story through these comic book uh, animations, and uh, it was I thought that was really neat. I, I liked how they incorporated that into the documentary, and it made it more visually appealing and uh, captured the essence of Batman. Yeah, it it kind of gave you like more of like a it kind of gave like more of like a thing to keep you attracted to the documentary, other than you just like zoning out for a little bit, just talking <laughs> yeah. mostly. What the hell? And then it just ended. They did like these animations, like you said. It was pretty nice having it. Yeah. So, what are your what are your thoughts on this whole Bill Finger experience? The whole documentary. Uh, my experience with it is that I like it. I feel intrigued by how this story is, but it made me feel depressed <laughs> of like how this man was just put. Like, thrown away yeah. and just made him vanish into dark depths of like this whole story yeah especially how like you were saying before they were friends prior to the creation of batman and just to kind yeah, of it's throw your it's friend disgusting. into the into the gutters it is disgusting um and Kane is kind of the hero of the whole story um and if he was really batman like he would not have done that. That's not very no. Batman like. And the, like the fucked up thing was like actually they, when they're talking about how Bob Kane died and how he was buried, they have like a like a little plaque on there to discuss like how he is Batman and all this other stuff. And they're like, mm. if he was Batman, he would have done uh, better. Uh, he would actually. He's more done. like Two Face. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's a villain. He's not uh, like... a hero. And we've seen like what is it like? Uh, like we kind of seen it in some comics how Batman would put his friends as Bruce Wayne and like the line try to get them going in something other than just forgetting about them. Like they even had like a what is it? They they brings up like a lot like they had like what is it in like a hush? They had like that one friend a friend of the family come by and he recognized them and said, "Oh yeah, this is a doctor that me and him have been close together throughout the years," and they always had each other's back with them. Until he finds out they're the villain, <laughs> and it's weird. Like mm. it's just like Tommy Elliot, right? Yeah. Tommy Elliot, right? So, like That's... it's like a little weird. Like yeah, he's more two faced than a Batman. He didn't live up to his own character's like background or backstory in a way. Other than other than Bill Fing uh, Bill yeah. Finger, he actually was the legit Batman through it all. And he, but don't forget, he gave mm -hmm. him the nickname the Dark Knight too. 
Yeah, he. I mean, there's more to the list that he added mm-hmm. to the Batman mythos that we haven't even listed off. I mean, we just kind of listed off the main things, but there's a lot more that he contributed to Batman. So basically, whatever you think of the baseline of Batman, what is Batman about? It's all Bill Finger. So I would put Bill Finger top billing over Bob Kane for the creation of Batman. All Bob Kane really did was put his name on other creators mm. works and claimed that it was his and gave the name Batman. That's kind of all he did. You know, that's <laughs> it. I could say, I'll, I'll say Bob, Bob Kane to give him credit. He is a good, he is a, he is a good artist. You know, um, he did draw um, the Batman images, I think for at least some of the comic books. I mean, he, he at least drew some Batman's, <laughs> That he signed, you know, um, I, I could say that I do, um, I do commend him for his artistry. I, I do like his, his style. Um, he was good fr- friends with Stan Lee. Um, they would have like a rivalry with uh, their characters, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> he didn't but really I deserve like the credit. Well, for I just it. looked it up to see if they had like a book, and I remember in the movie that the Mark. Uh, uh, Mark Old oh, yeah, was like nobleman. He was writing a book simultaneously as he was doing this documentary. Was, yeah, that's what the, that was the whole point yeah. of the, his research was for a book because he was so, really, like, originally in this a documentary does not like give you everything you need. Yeah, read the just book. Read the book because it's probably going to have more information that you would want to know about. Like if you don't like. Yeah. It's probably like the biggest like book out there. I am I am interested in, in reading the book. Um, I'll have to see if I get my hands on it. The book you can get on Amazon hardcover is seventeen dollars ninety nine cents. This book actually was put out in July first, two thousand twelve. Oh, so wow. Yeah. Oh, so that was freaking three years before uh yeah. Bill got his recognition. Oh wow. So that was probably him putting it out to the public, trying to get his recognition. So that probably was a big milestone to get the public uh, behind him. That's crazy. Well, I thought I it would have came out like at the same year as this documentary. Though that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. But I like how that Mark didn't flunder his book. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't like say, "Oh, check out my book." He just right. no, it wasn't like- to me writing this book. That's I how I came in. More information. Right. It didn't like, he wasn't just like, book here, book in every shot, this and that. He's carrying yeah. the book everywhere. He didn't do that. He mostly, he made you recognize Bill, not his book that he was pursuing. Mm. He gave, he was, he didn't want, I don't think he even wanted. It wasn't like a sales pitch. Yeah. What? I don't think, it wasn't really a sales pitch. He just mentioned his book, you know, that's, how the whole inspiration story for the whole search started you know yeah it was a milestone for this whole search and you know i think that actually made me more interested in his book than him like saying buy it <laughs> you know um but yeah i i would love to see um this style kind of documentary go full-fledged with um like the creation of superman with uh siegel and schuster um you know probably i'm it wouldn't be like on the same lines of this, 
Are you torturing your no, cat over there? What are you doing? That's all she's doing. <laughs> but I would be very I would be interested in seeing um yeah, like a documentary kind of in the same sort of style with uh Siegel and Schuster, the creation of Superman. Because I know they got screwed over, not the as immensely as Bill Finger did, but I they sold the rights to DC for Superman for like two hundred and fifty dollars. Um and you know, after after that, um they didn't get paid for much of the contributions for Superman after like, I don't know, after they stopped writing, creating the comic books, which was like the 1950s or maybe earlier. So hmm. I would like to see this kind of style for, for, for them as well. Yeah. Let's see what, like if they actually have that come out, like maybe in the next few years, maybe that'd be dope. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That would be cool. They're from Cleveland, Ohio, so <laughs> maybe you should start writing it. No, I don't know. We'll have to go to Cleveland to do that. Um, but at least with the HBO, I mean, let's talk to Hulu. <laughs> I well, I mean, he he did write a book, uh, Boys of Steel, so it was okay. had some information about that. But um, yeah, with Cleveland, Ohio, once you walk the streets where like Superman was created. Um, it has like uh, like the street signs are like Superman Way or something wherever Superman was created. Mm. I, I think that's pretty neat. You know, they they show that in the documentary where he's like walking through Cleveland and stuff. Um, I would like to see that something like that kind of be brought upon because I know I think even today um, the Schuster Siegel families have been trying to combat Warner Brothers in some way, get more recognition um than they did um i'm not exactly sure i think they're trying to get more of like the residuals than anything um they already got the recognition but you know they they sold the rights to superman for 250 dollars so i mean and he's a multi-billion dollar um commodity now you know so or million dollar i don't know mm. but imagine selling something like that for 250 dollars you know <laughs> what is this? Um, uh, i looked up the, like the street signs and i want to find like see what they look like and like how they did things with them they a little weird they showed in the documentary but, like it's bit. like where um, is this this site, um, Street. Uh, I don't think this is where this is Jerry, uh, and Jerry has created one of the best known things. So it's like pretty neat because the signs are literally they're Superman like themed, and they have their names. Well, they have one guy's name on it. Now they don't know oh, that. No, Lewis and. Was it Joseph Manley and Lois uh, Lois Lane? Lois Lane, that's kind of neat. Do they have a Lois Lane, Lane Street? Like it, literally Lois Lane. <laughs> it's a yeah, lane. Sure. yeah, can you screen share it? I want to see it. That's funny. I like that. All right, you're that's the floor what I'm is yours. To do. Um, link is. Right, I, I don't see anything. <coughs> 
I just see a blue. Oh, there it is. Okay. Kimberly. I think that's I don't know what that screen. is. Jerry. Oh, that's the original name. Oh, I see. And then they have Lois Lane. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, yeah. I like how they have the Superman S's. No, that's that's neat. like a, a neat little. Here you go. This is where you Glenville can find Street them. Signs. Yeah. It looks like they did that fairly recently. Oh, no. The next article is in 2000. Oh, well, yeah. It's fairly. This is within like 10 years. So, so it's, it's yeah. It looks like they just they yeah. I, I, looks like they did it once that article came out because it says um, for the title, Glensville Street Signs just got a lot cooler. So just being pretty yeah. present tense. Um, no, that's cool. I like that. Well, I'll have to go there sometime. I do want to go to <laughs> Metropolis, Illinois, too, where they have that Superman Museum. The the only correlation is just it's named metropolis and they're like oh let's put superman stuff um but cleveland ohio is more of superman's birthplace um but yeah i, I don't know there's not really much more i want to say about these um this documentary you know um i definitely okay. recommend it i think it's a hulu exclusive so if you have hulu definitely check it out um, I was just kind of browsing through and I was like, oh, what the hell is this? And then I just started watching. And I was like, oh, this is really great, you know. And now it's the, the there's a happy ending um, after the whole the dark cloud of <laughs> Bill Finger not getting his recognition. There is a happy ending. Now people know his name. It, the world's words getting out there. And he, his name is now printed on comic books on the film um films of these uh characters um his name is out there yeah you are correct that it is just a hulu exclusive so anybody that's willing to get willing to watch this movie just find a free description if you don't want hulu hulu and just like mm -hmm. watch it enjoy it yeah i do like the poster that they gave yeah, it was pretty cool. It looked like the animation. It looked like the same kind of style with the poster. Um, right here. Let's see if I can make it bigger and share it. Okay, so there. Let me share it. Yeah, there it is. It's pretty small, but I can see it. It's gonna. It'll probably. It'll probably. It'll probably be the thumbnail to this video too. Once it's out there, yeah. so <laughs> people will see it. Um. So Matt, is there any final tidbits or words you want to say before we close this episode? Um. Uh, for me to explain anything more from this movie, this documentary is gonna be more of like a, eh, to you guys. So I have nothing you're, to say. Yeah, you're almost better off just talk for everything. Yeah, just better off like, watching. Just go and watch it and enjoy it, and it will yeah. give you everything that you want. And then come back and leave a comment on your favorite part of what sure. you learned from the documentary. <laughs> come back and watch this again. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm ready to close this episode. If you are, Matt. Yeah, let's try this again. Okay, let's try this. <laughs> Uh, hopefully we could do this in one take. So, uh, okay, three, two, one. Um, this was Josh from Batyard Productions sending you off up, up, and away until next Batyard's finest episode. And this is Superman's pal, Matt, 
becoming super friends one episode at a time. Wow. We did it one take that time. I didn't even look. I didn't even look at the paper. That was yeah, amazing. I didn't. I slightly hiccuped, but it's okay. It's okay. No, that was good. That was good. All right, guys. Well, no paper. Yeah, I know. I didn't even look at the paper. I didn't even have it right written down. Um, I got hardly quick. <laughs> this is from Matt, by the way. I got a notebook. I'm surprised you still have that. Yeah, Are I got even full yet. No, I, I only, only wrote on like a couple pages. I have that oh. Daily Planet one too. I wrote write some of the podcast notes on, but um, I like that notebook. So I, I'm trying to keep that one neat. This one I could just like write mm. like crap, and it doesn't matter. Then um, you say my stuff I give you is crap. No, like, I'm saying like I can write shittily <laughs> on it. I'm trying to keep the Daily Planet one like neat looking. Um, not that this is not neat, but it's fine. You're calling it's that one trash, and I don't like it. It's legible. <laughs> um, but, yeah, okay. So I guess that's the episode. Um, if you got any questions, comments, or whatever, let us know in the comments. <laughs> All right, goodbye. Bye.